You are listening to the IoT for All Media Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast, the number one publication and resource for the Internet of Things. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon. And if you are watching this on YouTube, truly appreciate it if you give this video a like, so that thumbs up button, and uh, hit subscribe if you haven't already done so. If you're listening to this on a podcast directory somewhere else, please subscribe if you haven't already done so as well, um, so you get the latest episodes as soon as they are out. All right, on today's episode, we have Julian Studer, the CEO and founder of Laureate. They are a global IoT company. They were founded in Switzerland in 2015 with a mission to enable long-range IoT solution deployments in every corner of the globe. Um even space, which is pretty cool. So um, fun conversation uh, that we had today. We talk a lot about the, or we start off by talking about this, the founding story of the company, which is always exciting. Uh, we talk about general, the general situation in in the IoT industry, as well as the LP WAN space, the, the main verticals that um, long range IoT is kind of built for, use or success stories that they've seen and the industry has seen in the LoRaWAN space. Um, and then why the company has chosen this hybrid approach that we dive into a bit. Um, and kind of big challenges they see in the market. Uh, so, so very valuable, um, good conversation. I think you'll you all um, be pretty excited that you, you spent the time to listen to because I really enjoyed this conversation and thought it was a really good one. So I uh, hope you enjoy this. But before we get into it, any of you out there are looking to enter the fast-growing and profitable IoT market but don't know where to start? Check out our sponsor, Leverage. Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, Julian, to the IoT for All podcast. Thanks for being here this week. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity having this uh, virtual interview with you. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Let's kick this off by having you give a quick introduction about yourself. Any background experience that will be relevant for our audience would be helpful. Yeah, so my name is uh, Julian Studer. Um, I'm the founder of the company Laureate. So we are in the IT business. We are a purely software company. And uh, before starting with the company in 2015, so we are seven years old by now, I worked 10 years in the banking financial industry in Switzerland. I worked for one of the biggest banks uh, for 10 years in Geneva and in Zurich. And uh, 2015, I had somehow uh, an inner voice or something telling me that uh, I wanted or needed to change the, the sector as the financial industry became a bit much too compliance legal oriented. And uh, mm. yeah, it was a good opportunity to start uh, in the IoT sector. And uh, already by then, 2015, it looked very promising to start a company in the IoT field. Fantastic. And um I want to get into that founding story here in a second, but tell us a little bit about what your company does, kind of the overall focus and role you play in IoT. Yeah, we are a set fully software-based, so we don't produce any kind of sensors or gateways. So normally when you speak to people and uh, you start telling them about IoT, about connecting stuff with the internet, uh, the first thought is always, okay, there must be some kind of sensor and gateway, which is true. Right. But normally people always think about something they can hold in their hands. And as we produce only software, uh, mm. it's not something you can really touch. It's uh, digital, it's it's virtual. And that's then a bit more complex to um, explain. But in easy words, what we do or what we have is a management tool in where our customers and partners can build IoT networks. We are like the brain, the management tool of connecting all the sensors and connecting all the gateways and create a harmony uh, to build this IoT network. So first is the management tool. Then we have the encryption, the transport of all the data that arrives at the server. 
and from the server side, the, the third point is uh, we have uh, APIs to push the data to whatever kind of IoT uh, platform. It can be in Microsoft, it can be in Azure, it can be in IBM, or it can be something uh, self-created by, uh, by the end customer. Gotcha. Fantastic. So I wanted to ask you um, if you could take us a little bit through kind of the opportunity you saw back when you started the company and just kind of the overall opportunity in the market, what caused, you know, the shift from, you said, the banking industry into the technology and then the IoT space, uh, kind of what was that journey like? Yeah, so I needed a switch. And uh, in the banking financial industry, I still think today it's one of the most interesting sectors out there. So I'm still fascinated about the stocks, about investments. If you work in a bank with investments, you are absolutely up to date what's economically doing worldwide, what mm. uh, politically is happening. So you're always really up to date worldwide what is happening. Uh, I miss this a little bit from that perspective, but the other perspective that in 2015 and before change a lot was really that this financial industry was heading very strong towards the sector. There was uh, more like compliance legal in the end. I felt more like a lawyer doing a due diligence as QIC of the customers than doing the proper investments. And uh, that's something I never liked that much, the whole administrative stuff, the, the legal compliance stuff. And uh, in the same time, I, I started to hear more and more uh, about IoT, about software, very promising. And I always had a big motivation to build something uh, by myself. And so those were a bit the, the key drivers uh, to, to change completely the sector. Fantastic. So let me break here for a second. And I wanted to kind of shift to talking about the industry as a whole now. Um, from where you all sit, the way you kind of look at the market, what is the general situation in IoT today from your perspective? Um. Maybe let's jump back to 2015 when I met sure. my first reading about uh, market research. Um, I mean, the per predictions of the coming years up to 2025 or even longer were extremely bullish. I mean, uh, everywhere an exponential growth was uh, predicted. And up to today, I can confirm that the sector is healthy. It's one of the most booming sectors and especially now uh, with the war in the Ukraine or after the COVID scenario, we see that more and more applications are coming with use cases specifically for that. But in general, IoT is booming. What I can say today is uh, it's growing, it's stable, it's uh, it's a good market to do business. You do you need to do it properly because uh, you see like startups growing up like grass uh, in the field. So many new startups are coming. Um, one thing I still don't see is this uh, hockey stick, this exponential growth of IoT sensors connected. Because uh, four or five years ago, uh, professionals were predicting uh, that we would face a strong exponential growth. We see it that it's a bit faster than in the previous years. As I said, mm -hmm. it's pretty linear growing. In the last two years, and this market is expecting around the 22% of growth in the IoT market, which is quite significant compared to other markets. But this really big bullish explosion of exponential glow and uh, grow and uh, uh, hockey stick, uh, we haven't seen it yet, but uh, right. it looks like because big um, use cases, especially in the metering segment, are starting right now. And there it's all about the quantity of, uh, of sensors. So mm -hmm. we really hope that in the next, uh, let's say, two, three years, we see an exponential growth in this uh, in this sector. 
And just as a whole for the industry, what do you think is contributing the most to the the growth and also the projected growth? What's changed as of as of recently? What are the big kind of trends that you're seeing that um, are giving kind of that optimistic outlook? Yeah, trends. Uh, I would I would say IoT in general, the world industry 4.0 is already a trend. And mm. the funny thing is sometimes we get approached by companies uh, in most of the cases, those are governmental institutions and uh, they tell us like, uh, yeah, Julian, you know, we need to do something in industry 4.0. We need to be modern. We need to see, we right. need to show to our people that we are modern. We are doing something. What is industry 4.0? What can we do? So this question pops uh, up quite a lot. And then we explain them what IoT is, what they can do, etc. But I think the motivation for IoT, I would say it's always like three motivators that uh, governmental institutions or companies motivate to implement IoT. And I would say one thing is if you can improve security. I mean, today, as I said, it's very legal compliance uh, driven the markets. If you can improve somewhere in a, in a company or in a state, uh, pure security, just imagine smoke sensors, detection of water leaks, etc. This is one motivation. The second motivation is if you can save money because yeah. investing in technologies, investing in something for the end user partner, it's always a question is how do I right. save money or how do I produce money and produce money right. is the third. So uh, we have customers that build the networks to resell the connectivity. That's the way they do, they do uh, their business and they earn money with their own margins. On the other side, we have companies that have implemented IoT to reduce their own costs. It can be leakage. I mean, just mm. think about insurances that place sensors in New York under the rooftops to determine if there is a humidity. Because if the right. humidity grows under the rooftop, they have time to prepare the roof uh, before the big catastrophe uh, starts. Because if it's too late, then the whole roof is done, the humidity is in, you have fungus, etc. And insurances are investing a lot of money in cases like that where they can predict uh, catastrophes and act before the catastrophe happens. And this is a way of uh, saving money. Absolutely. I think the saving money and potentially creating other revenue streams because of the sophistication of the technology and the more general just well understood know-how of how to build these solutions at scale, how to do this well. Uh, we've had a number of years now where we got through kind of that very early adopter phase. We have a lot of people who have um, been able to roll out solutions, watch and see that that these solutions can be successful and not only reducing costs and making companies more efficient, but at the same time can actually open up new revenue streams for businesses mm -hmm. um, depending on how it's structured, obviously. And I think one of the things that helped IoT during COVID was the fact that it was it's a technology and an offering that enables an organization to save money, especially in a time of so much uncertainty. This is something that the investment is well worth it as opposed to something that's more risky to potentially make revenue, but then it doesn't actually kind of turn out that way given certain market conditions. So I think because of that inherent like money uh, or revenue or I guess cost saving efficiency kind of improvements, IoT is, has been able to really um, succeed when, when other markets may not have been as successful. Absolutely. Today, to the three points I mentioned, I might add a fourth point, which has become yeah. also like uh, some kind of fashion. And uh, the keyword here is sustainability. Mm, because, sure. um, all the large companies, they want to be presented in the market with a good picture. 
and sustainability is one of the big uh, themes here. So we have uh, larger food companies, we have uh, companies that are in the agriculture field, etc. And uh, sustainability is a big theme. As I said here, if they can uh, improve security, like the people right. have better conditions, or just imagine a simple use case in the agriculture where right. they can control much better uh, the water consumption, where water right. is only used when it's really needed, or they can yep. Uh, reduce water leakages, etc. This is all connected to sustainability, and uh, it's not only about security, not only about saving money, but it's also good for their reputation, for their picture outside towards the world. Totally agree. Um, and one of the things that I was I mentioned a second ago, which I wanted to ask you about, is the general improvement in the technology and the options that are out there to make use cases more, um, more, I guess. Prob uh, plausible to be to be built and deployed. And the big area, I think, of that outside of the hardware side is the connectivity side. So there's lots of different connectivity te technologies that are that have been released that are growing and are improving and are and are bringing and the cost is coming down on those in order to provide better coverage, better options to mesh with or match with the use case and what it actually requires. So there's really no overkill. It's not like you're using 5G, for instance, for every potential use case. You don't need that. You have other types of connectivity out there available to you. Um, and one that I think's really played a big role is, is kind of the low power wide area network side of things, the LP WAN. And I wanted to ask you from your guys' side of things, how has that really driven um, adoption and kind of how do you kind of see that fitting into the market and its role as, as it kind of currently states now? That's, uh, by the way, a very good and uh, smart question because um, people might ask, okay, why are there so many communication layers? Right. And um, I had like three or four weeks ago, I had another one to interview and I was also asked what's the best uh, IoT technology. And uh, here I always like to bring the, uh, the comparison with, uh, let's say, if I, Ryan, if I'm asking you, what's the best car for you? And then right. you will think, you will probably ask me, uh, what am i going to use the car for sure. I, am i going to the racetrack i'm going to off-road or am i right. going for holidays with my family right. and it's pretty the same with the communication layers and uh, what i also learned with the communication layers is uh, you cannot improve something and uh, think that all the rest will stay the same it's a bit similar than with economics either you decide for inflation or you fight against the unemployment but you can hardly work on uh, on both sides improve both and that's why, let's say, we have many technologies uh, in the field. And the low power wide area networks, I was saying before that the average growth in the last year, this year, and probably the next year is between 20-25%. But the growth on the low power wide area uh, communication layers like LoRaWAN or MyOTI, they are growing a bit more than 50%. So you see the trend in IoT is growing, but this layers of uh, low power wide area networks are growing on the double side of the average of iot yeah. so we still see loravon and myoti one of the most bullish technologies because they cover a lot of fields normally iot is information and uh, in most of the case i would say in more than 90 percent of the cases the information is so so small that you can use loravon and my own, it's like a mm -hmm. temperature, it's like a, a leak sensor that yes says or no, a parking sensor, garbage sensor showing you the percentages of the whole full it is, or 
GPS tracking. This is all very short binary systems where you can transport easily with LoRaWAN or MyOTIM. Right. Those are the, the biggest use cases out there as well. The other advantage brings is if the packages are so small with those technologies, the power that is used in a sensor is very minor. So mm. we have sensors in this low power wide area where the sensors survive up to 10 years. So right. if you go back 10 years where these technologies didn't exist, they had to, let's say, uh, let's take the example of a parking sensor. You had to open the ground, you have to put wires, electricity wires, because you were either using Wi-Fi or a SIM, SIM card uh, in, in the sensor. And that was very energy consuming. So the installation itself was super, super expensive, sometimes yeah. 20 times more expensive than the sensor itself. Today, a parking sensor costs around 90 euros. They just glue it on the ground and it's done. So it this opens a lot of new doors. Gotcha. And the use case we see in these areas is agriculture. So imagine somewhere in uh, Malaysia or somewhere in Latin America where you have hundreds of hectares of land with uh, mm. plantations and with some single gateways, you can cover an area of 30 kilometers. This is not possible with other technologies like SIM, Wi-Fi, uh, Bluetooth or whatever is there out in the market, but also the other technologies they have their advantages. I mean, how many messages do you want to send per minute, per second, per mm. day, per, per month? How big is the load? So that's the main reason why you have different technologies. But uh, if I would bet on a horse, then I would bet really bet on the low power wide area uh, protocols. And that's where we have 100% focus uh, as Laureate. Fantastic. And, and you know, we've, we've talked here about these different technologies on the connectivity side. We've talked about the market in general. But one thing I wanted to ask you is, with the way you view the market and kind of interact with customers, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've come across or that you see as an organization that the industry is either facing currently or really needs to be thinking about going forward? Um, one of the biggest challenges is for sure the complexity it still has today because um, the vertical the vertical solution is quite long from the sensor to the gateway to the communication to the encryption to the data storage to the IoT applications etc. And I'm always explaining to people that uh, IoT is like a, a big big picture with 50 puzzle pieces. So you need to stick them together. We right. as Lordy, we might offer five to 10 of these puzzle pieces, but you still need to go for the other puzzle pieces to find a harmony between everything. Of course, we have partners to offer the gateways, the sensors. We have many partners also on the IT platform. So we can nearly offer the complete vertical chain, but this has to come through partners and this has to be a good matching. The gateways need to be integrated. The sensors have to be certified. The IoT application, they need to have the right uh, APIs connected with our system. And this requires a lot of collaboration with external companies to be able in the end to bring to the end customers the complete vertical chain. And um, there are also many customers that are a bit lost in space. Uh, as I said before, they come and they say, look, we need to do something industry 4.0. And from our side, it's a lot of uh, hand-holding. The industry is quite new, and there are not many professionals, experts in the market that understand the full chain. So it's a lot of extra work from our side as an added value to our partners and customers right. to help them and explain them what they exactly need. Absolutely. Well, I, I did mean to ask this earlier, but you kind of mentioned something in, in your answer there that that prompted this in my head. Um, how what is how have you all approached the market just in general as you're focused on more of these long range 
um, solutions. Obviously, you said you focus a lot on the software side of things. What What is it about what you do that's kind of unique in the approach that you take to the market? And um, how have you been able to kind of sustain that that um, in, in the kind of current climate now? Well, it, it connects a little bit with your with uh, your question before where I said that it's still complex and uh, it's uh, maybe trivial to hear that uh, one of our strengths is uh, simplicity <laughs> because uh, as the market is already quite complex, you really tend to we have built a system that is very smartly and logically built to make it mm. easier for our end customers. It's on the technical side, I would say we have a very one of the leading systems uh, worldwide. But also on the business side, we are known attempts to be very flexible in creating tailor-made models. And uh, I mostly prefer to offer, um, let's say, an, an all-in fee where you where the customers just buy a package and everything mm. is included, like support is included, license included, package of sensors, package of gateways, uh, like really the, the full basket. That's something that is seen very let's say seen good in the market when we participate on some rfqs uh, the customers like this fact of simplicity we are also very transparent and uh, it took us let's say time to get known in the market because i think uh, as you know we are a swiss company and i think right. we behave also very typically swiss we are very much in the background we are not as noisy as uh, some other competitors in the market <laughs> we do our work we do our work pretty well and uh, right. I think in the last months we have seen the payback that we have built up a track record. The larger companies they speak to each other and they know that uh, if they collaborate with us, they they get delivered the right uh, the right, right quality. And for our audience out there who may want to learn more or kind of follow up on this conversation, discover a little bit more about the company's doing, um, what's the best way that they can do that? Um, can you repeat the question? Please. Yeah, if for our audience out there who wants to learn more about the company, more about what you all have going on, follow up on this discussion, that kind of thing, what's the best way that they can do that? Ah, okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty simple. So we are we have started one year ago to present more use cases on our homepage. The easiest way would right. be to get to our homepage, okay. uh, click on the part where you can read the use cases, and we present many use cases all around the world with our partners from agriculture. To smart city, to construction sites, uh, to metering. There, uh, people can read a little bit more about IoT. What are the real use cases? Where is money investing? Where are the networks growing? And they can, of course, subscribe also on our newsletter. And we are quite active uh, on LinkedIn, presenting uh, what we do to show because uh, that's also one of the questions of the customers. Okay, what can we do with IoT? We have customers, yep. and they most of them struggle to grow. So it's also our duty to help them, to show them, look, this is available, uh, buy the sensors, connect them, grow your network. Uh, indirectly, it's also an advantage for us because if they grow the network, we also do more business and we increase our revenues. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited to have our audience listen to this episode. And um, you know, anytime we talk about LPWAN, we talk about the current state of the market, we're talking about like, these different use cases that are, are really being more enabled now than ever, um, I think it's very valuable information. And I'm excited to kind of have our audience here from your all's perspective, not just what you have going on, on at the company, but at the same time, um, just generally your, how you kind of view the market, which is which is great. So I truly appreciate your time. And I really thank you for taking um, taking some time today to, to chat with me. And I think our audience is going to get a lot of value out of this episode. 
Yeah, more than more than welcome. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a future guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.